Welcome to the Dearly Discarded Podcast, where we tell the true stories of the vaccine injured that many don't want to hear. These are real people sharing real experiences, uncensored and unsanitized. Listen and learn with us as we tell the stories that have yet to be heard by those who've been discarded. No preaching, no propaganda, and no judgments, just the truth. Hello and welcome to the Dearly Discarded Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Jared St. Clair and I have another fantastic individual on with me. I almost said fantastic story, but none of these stories are particularly fantastic. So uh, I won't use that word to describe what our next guest has gone through and is going through since she received her Pfizer uh, vaccines. Let me go ahead and introduce and give just a little bit of background before I uh, welcome my guest to the show. Her name is Danielle Baker. She is a RN and uh, was an active registered nurse in certified hospice and palliative care for 20 years who loved her job. She spent the last 17 years caring for her patients in hospice care. In June of 2021, she was coerced into taking the COVID-19 vaccine after her former employer issued an email stating a July deadline if the employees wanted to maintain all of their benefits. Having a family to care for, she couldn't afford to lose her job, so she reluctantly took the Pfizer jabs. Within two and a half weeks after her last shot, she became completely disabled, suffering from severe neurological issues, demyelination of the spine, and getting the diagnosis of transverse myelitis, which her doctor confirmed was due to the Pfizer vaccine. Danielle, welcome to the Dearly Discarded podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate having the ability to have a platform and come on and share my story. It really does mean the world to me. Well, I'm so grateful that you're willing to tell your story. I know that you've got a Substack where you write about this. I know that you have become quite active in the uh, in the cause. We'll say uh, going to rallies and events and uh, and things like that. And which <clears throat> I have so much incredible respect for people in your position uh, in terms of your physical ability to even just get up and do something around the house, let alone get out of town and go to an event because of the um, significant uh, disability that you have received, uh, you know, post-injury. I've met some of the most powerhouse, strong individuals who in their spirit are as strong as iron, but their bodies are uh, really struggling, you know, post-vaccination. And it certainly appears that you are one of those people. So I'm really, really excited to do this interview and tell your story. Oh, thank you. I, um, the ground work was laid by a lot of the people 
before I joined into the fight. And I feel that those people are the strong ones and I'm just coming in to help continue the mission. Well, I kind of feel the same way. You know, I meet all these amazing people in React 19, which, by the way, I didn't mention at the beginning. Uh, if you're not familiar with this podcast up to this point, it is brought to you by React 19, which is a group of volunteers who have, uh, for the most part, everybody involved has been injured or is the family of someone who has been injured or killed by these vaccines. And if you want to learn more about React 19, the link for their website and information is in the description of the podcast. But back to what I was saying, I've met so many just powerful people in this movement. Um, and and everybody's so gracious when I do this show, thanking me for, you know, what I'm doing. And I think to myself, this is the, the least I can do. There's so much to be done uh, in this area. And it's going to take a lot of hands and a lot of voices uh, to uh, get the information out. Uh, to people. And if you're listening right now to this show, you're clearly interested in this topic. And if you're wondering what you can do, one of the things that's very simple to do is simply share this show with friends and family members, share Danielle's story, share the React 19 uh, website. And of course, we'll give you some more things that you can go to uh, as we get through this interview as well. Okay, so Danielle, I am very curious in the little bio that I read about you at the beginning, you said um, that you were coerced into taking the COVID-19 uh, vaccine after your employer issued an email stating that uh, you would not maintain your benefits if you did not. So use the word coerced, which I think is interesting, especially coming from a nursing background. Why were you uh, feeling uh, anything but willing to take these vaccines? With my rudimentary understanding of medications and how they are moved through for approval, that process takes years upon years, and that's fast tracking. Um, knowing that this was something that they came out with in warp speed time and then started insisting that people that are some of the most trusted population, the, the health care industry, take it. I felt, number one, that it wasn't explored, studied. There wasn't enough time to know it, what it is and what it can do. And then they preyed upon health care workers and the elderly. I didn't want anything to do with it. I had gotten COVID in December of 2020. I had my own immunity and the only reason that I saw for people 
going and getting this shot is because they were trapped in a nursing home and that was the only way they could see their loved ones or they were health care worker and told they had to get it it just didn't interest me at all. So you saw basically a bunch of red flags um, that seemed um, pretty evident, I think, to a lot of us. Uh, and there's a big reason why with the incredible push to for everybody to get these things that so many people still didn't. Uh, there was clearly a lot of people feeling the same way as you were. And it's been interesting, you know, doing these interviews uh, for dearly discarded and, and then talking off air with a lot of people who have uh, been injured. Uh, one of the interesting things is there was a lot of hesitation. There were a lot of people that just willingly signed up and said, you know, put it in my arm. Uh, didn't really think maybe a ton about it. And others who, like you said, were felt very coerced and, uh, and felt like you almost had no option. So once you, you, you had, a lot of hesitation, a lot of question marks, but you did decide to do it. Uh, was what was that like? I mean, where were you at in your head when you finally said, "Okay, I'll get these things," even though I'm not, I don't want them. Um, in uh, April or May of twenty twenty one, we really started to see companies come down with the mandates. Um, my employer had sent out an email that said that if we hadn't began and or finished the series by July of 20. 21, then they would no longer be supporting the, what I call safety net. Um, they, I believe was a federal act signed and renewed in April uh, where if you had issues because of COVID or because of the shot, then you got paid leave off work. Um, and so my employer said, well, we feel that it's proven to be safe and uh, effective and we got emails after emails about it um so because of that then we're going to say if you don't have it by that july deadline and something happens then you won't be covered and we won't give you the time off. Um, in addition to that, we knew in July of 2021, my employer was going to be issuing a 
mandate. So at that point, there wasn't an option or an exemption. It was more of if you want help, if something happens, then you better take it now. They were offering up to $20,000 for some people to take the shot. And it just, it made me ill. Um, but because I had a family, I carried the insurance, um, I loved what I did. Um, I went ahead and took it thinking that, okay, if something happens, I'll have at least a safety net. Um, I, I lost my job and career anyhow and got sick. Um, so that the safe. Dnet wasn't there like I thought it was going to be. So then post injury, even though your doctor confirmed that it was the Pfizer shot that created the injury, um, you were unable to maintain insurance and uh, get your bills paid for? Nope. Um, we, um, I like lost my career, lost insurance. Um, we pay everything up front now, um, in order to get any type of medical care or anything. Um, so it, it took everything from us. So I have to ask you, coming from within the medical system and being a, a dedicated nurse for over 20 years, um, what was it like to recognize that that same system wasn't going to support you when you followed the rules? I was devastated. Um, I thought that I had worked for such a good cause and good company and it, it, it was all just a facade. You know, I've been hospitalized and gas lit so many times. Uh, it, it it hurts. Yeah, one of the things that I know, and we talked about it a little bit before we started recording, that it's been so incredibly challenging for people in your shoes is the lack of uh, compassion, um, especially coming from the side of uh, where people, when you, again, you did what you were asked to do, uh, and you were in the system that you know asked you to do it. And of course, it's not just the medical system, but the government was pushing incredibly hard, uh, you know, down the throat of these employers. And I'll always remember 
some of the statements that were made by, you know, our president at that time and, and uh, the mandates that were made. And it was a, it's a surreal time. It almost doesn't seem like it could have existed. And one of the challenges that I think I see is that now for most of us, we've, you know, quote unquote, moved past COVID. Uh, and one of the reasons that uh, Brianne Dressen and I decided to go with this name for this podcast, Dearly Discarded, is because that's really where people like yourself find yourself at this at this point. Um, you've you mentioned before that every single day is a struggle with your help. Uh, can you go a little bit into detail? Because I don't think people that haven't dealt with these types of injuries understand what demyelination of the spine is or what uh, a diagnosis of transverse myelitis looks like. Um, can you go into a little bit of detail of the types of physical struggles that you've had? Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I didn't sound like this before. I was what you would call normal, I, I guess. Um, I have issues finding words, thinking, um, talking, swallowing. Um, I best um, compare it to MS um, in, in that it attacked. So the shot caused my immune system to attack my spinal cord. And so my brain and my body don't work in sync. When my brain is trying to send signals to my body, the signal is disrupted and that causes me to have issues with walking, um, muscle spasms that contort me. Um, I fall a lot. Um, I have issues with my bow and bladder. Um, the list unfortunately goes on and on. I, my skin will turn purple and blue. My blood pressure shoots up and down issues with my heart. Um, some days I can't get out of bed. Um, I had opportunity to speak to the FDA about my injury in hopes to get them to not put this on the childhood schedule. And in that speech, I said that I traded giving care to 
getting care and bed sores. In your case, it's a really harsh contrast because like you said, I mean, when you're in hospice care, you're working with end of life stuff um, and caring for people who, you know, really can no longer care for themselves and most or at least in many cases, I know I have a, a good friend who's a hospice worker. And so I'm pretty familiar with what that looks like. Um, and it's like you said, the table was turned completely, it sounds like. And, and now you're the one receiving care. One thing that I think people need to understand is, uh, you know, when you say I have issues with this, I have issues with that, um, you know, I stumble and fall. But I I think sometimes it's still not real to people or a little bit hard to put people in, in your position. But one thing that was very interesting to me, and I have met with many, many people who've been injured by these, by these shots is this morning when we were scheduled to record this, you discovered, um, you know, around the time that we were scheduled to record that you couldn't, uh, you didn't have good enough internet upstairs in your house. And, I got a message uh, at a few minutes after we were supposed to record saying that you were going downstairs and that you'd see us in a few minutes. And it was something close to 15 minutes before you were downstairs and ready to record again. Um, and you said, you said something really simple to me and maybe it's kind of normal for you now. I don't, I don't know how you look at it at this point because you've been dealing with this for a long time, but you said it does take me a while just to get down the stairs. Um, and I think those types of statements, at least to me, make this a lot more real, uh, because again, these medical diagnoses that most people have never heard of, you know, transverse myelitis and demyelination and all that kind of stuff. And if people have never known anybody with MS, I, uh, doing what I do for a living, I've met a lot of people with MS and it is interesting because how you speak does sound very, very similar to how many of them uh, speak, um, you know, really struggling to get those words out. So anyway, I just wanted to bring that up because I think sometimes when you put it in simple terms like that, it, it uh, sinks in a little better for people. I uh, appreciate, I uh, appreciate that the, you're right. I'm so used to calling my husband in to help me put my clothes on or taking that long to do something. Um, it's my everyday life now. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't imagine, and, and I'm sure people listening who haven't been affected like this or who haven't had chronic illness can't really put themselves in your shoes. But that, like I say, that's why kind of breaking it down into simple terms, maybe sometimes makes it a little easier. Um, I, I want to touch on this thing with the FDA. You went to speak to the FDA um, and you also filed your own VAERS report. And for people unfamiliar, that's the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. And if you're not familiar with that, you need to understand that that's a system that's been around since the 80s. Uh, for all types of vaccines, but post-COVID vaccines saw an increase in uh, reporting that is unparalleled. This, these vaccines are uh, by far more reported for injury than every other vaccine combined in the history of the world. Um, and, but it's important, I think, that people understand 
you know, we, we were told a lot of things. We were told a lot of things about safety and effectiveness. We were told a lot of things about, um, you know, protection from illness. There were a lot of things that we were told that have clearly not been true. And one of the things that I think almost everybody, um, certainly that got these shots believed is that if, if by the smallest chance there was some sort of injury, uh, they'd be taken care of. Now, clearly the smallest chances are much bigger than we were ever told. There are, you know, thousands and tens of thousands. And I would dare say um, my estimation, hundreds of thousands or even millions who've been injured by these things. Um, but the striking similarity that I've heard in almost every conversation I've had with someone like yourself, Danielle, is how little help you've been able to receive, which again is another reason why this podcast is called what it's called. So talk to me, if you will, about the FDA and the VAERS system and what your experience has been with in those arenas. Um, so I, uh, I didn't, even after being a nurse for 20 years, I had no experience with the VAERS reporting system. I didn't really know anything about it until I was in the hospital um, and researching and jumping into the rabbit hole of what is going on and found out about the VAERS reporting system. Um, after I left the hospital, I um, realized that nobody asked me what shot I got or what the lot number was or any information about it. So I came to the conclusion that nobody had filed a report on my behalf. So I had my information and I filed a report to VAERS and I also filed a report to MedWatch for the FDA. Um, I didn't think anything about either one of those until I had been contacted by Bree. And Bree said, have you looked at your report recently? Uh, we're finding that a lot of them had been altered um, and some are not even there. So I went to look at mine and it was gone. No trace of it whatsoever. So I had the opportunity to uh, do a Zoom call 
and was one of the lucky ones picked for the lottery in January of this year when they were looking at and ended up to add the shot to the childhood schedule. And in my statement to the FDA, I said my VAERS report was gone and never heard anything from MedWatch and still crickets. I still haven't heard anything and my report is still vanished. As if it never happened. I don't exist according to them. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, you know, uh, you know, Brie Dressen's story and, and her being whitewashed out of the AstraZeneca trial documentation and so on. It's uh, it, it is truly incredible that what we've seen and uh, and people have got to start really waking up to this because this isn't the only um, it, it's not a one-off thing. It's not just you. It's not just Brie. It's not just Andre Cherry, who I've interviewed and so many others. It's, there's so many people. And if we aren't aware of what's happened in this uh, situation, how are we to prevent it from happening again? And unfortunately, these shots are still out there and, uh, and, uh, with children as well. Right. So, Again, at the very beginning of this interview, Danielle, I mentioned that you're very involved in the fight for, uh, I would I would say, and you can certainly uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would, I would qualify it, I guess, as medical freedom, uh, as well as uh, patient advocacy for people who are in your shoes, and frankly, just awareness of what's going on uh, out there, what's happening in the system what's happening with the government, what's happening with the reporting systems with the government and so on. You're out there fighting. You're going to events. You're writing in your sub stack. Um, you're recording TikTok videos. You're doing all kinds of things. You're going on podcasts like this, doing all kinds of things to try to get the word out to people. Um, and yet, in a much more weakened state than you've ever been in in your life, um, what is your motivation? What are you trying to accomplish? Why are you on this show today? Why are you doing all these other things? So it doesn't happen again. Um, when I lost my career, I had to step back and look at things and figure out what it was that my path and direction needed to go. Um, unfortunately, but fortunately, I have the perfect storm of a story. I was a nurse, severely injured my various report lost and and it goes on 
and on and I meet so many people who can't or don't feel that they are able to stand up and say, I've been injured and so I do it for them. I do it for my kids. I do it to protect our freedoms and to keep it from happening again. Um, it's important for us as a community to join together because every voice matters. And I hope that people are empowered to step up and join the fight with us because if we don't, it's going to repeat itself again. Yeah, we have to learn from our history uh, 100%. And I admire you so much. I know the work that you're doing is challenging work if everything's working well. And in your situation with the injuries that you sustained and the disability that you have in many areas now, um, you know, getting up and fighting is has to be far more daunting than it ever would have been before. But I guess you understand the severity of the situation and you're willing to keep putting one foot in front of the other and and uh, making this happen. And I greatly appreciate that for people listening that want to support the cause for people listening that want to support you and what you're doing, uh, where are some places that they can find more information? Um, I do have a give, send, go. Um, we utilize that for our medical bills and to help pay for our insurance. And then if there is an extra, then we utilize that. So I am able to go speak at conferences and tell my story. Um, it's one thing to hear it. It's another thing to see it. Um, and having the ability to make an impact in person is important as well. So it, we uh, have the give, send, go to help. If you go to that website and type in the coerced nurse or Danielle Baker, it will take you to my page. Yeah, and we'll make sure that we get that linked into the show description as well so you can click straight through to that. And I would encourage you to to do what you can to help. Uh, you mentioned your Substack. How do people find that? Can we link to that as well? 
absolutely um it's a coerced nurse as well um i write about um some of my struggles and there was almost a month that i was so sick and ill i i couldn't write but um i tried to get on there and just talk about my life and what i go through on a day to day basis and bring the reader into my world excellent we'll link to that too because i really do think that uh really getting a, a deeper understanding of of the position that you find yourself in um i i hope it lights the fire under some people to to get up and and fight along with you uh it certainly motivates me every time i do this show to do more than what i'm already doing to try to um, bring awareness to this situation that you find yourself in. So for you listening to the podcast, first off, if you are listening on Apple or Spotify or wherever you choose to listen to podcasts, um, this show is always produced on rumble as well as a video. And, um, there is some really powerful stuff that you can see in the videos that you, you can't, here. Um, and what Danielle said just now, I think it's very true being able to actually um, see the face of the person talking to you, uh, see the struggle that they have, sometimes just getting the words out that they're trying to say. Um, there's real value in that as well and power in that. And I think motivation in that and the, the videos um, on Rumble, uh, please share those as well so people can see what's going on there as well as the audio. Um, it, you know, really what I think is interesting is there are millions and millions and millions of people in this country here in America that are aware of what's been going on there. It's not a very small group. It's, it's many, many, many people. Um, and there are more and more people becoming aware, uh, the longer this thing plays out, the more injuries, uh, present themselves, the more, uh, you know, athletes are dropping and so many other things that we've seen. Um, but we have to, there, I think there's a tipping point and I'll actually be interested to hear your opinion on this, Danielle. I think there's a tipping point coming where so many people are aware that it can't be hidden anymore. And those who have been discarded, uh, can, be found and seen again. And I think that it is every little effort of sharing a video, going to a sub stack and sharing that, uh, uh, funding a give, send go. So the message can get out in other ways, uh, so that people can get the help that they need. All of those little steps, uh, taken by millions of us will make a massive, massive change in what's going on. I completely uh, agree. Um, twenty twenty one was my injury, and I uh, was just in a handful of people that were telling my story. Then, but to see the community grow in more awareness 
Blossom has just been awesome to see. And I think you're uh, right. We are right at that point that people are really waking up and realizing the uh, damage that is being done in the killing that is being done by this uh, shot. Um, I also want to mention that um, during the month of April, uh, Brad from five times August, my shirt, I won't be leaving quietly if you download his CD. All of those proceeds go to React 19 to help people like myself and get them treatments that are needed. Well, and that is a major, major win-win. If you're not familiar with Brad and Five Times August, um, for one thing, I, I own all of his CDs. Uh, I've interviewed him on uh, the Vitality Radio podcast. I've met him at a couple of uh, conferences. He's a fantastic human being, but also a very gifted artist. His music is fantastic as well. And so, yeah, Silent War is the album. And if you download that album during, I didn't, I wasn't aware of this. You're, uh, you're telling me this for the first time, so I'll get the word out as well. But if you download the album uh, during April, uh, all the proceeds go to our friends at React 19, which by the way is react19.org. Um, there are a lot of ways to get involved and there is a lot of need for involvement. Uh, so if you go to react19.org, you can look at ways that you can certainly donate money, but also uh, you have the ability to donate time to uh, help the cause uh, and to get involved. And I can tell you this, I went to the Defeat the Mandates rally in Los Angeles last year, and it's been about a year ago, almost exactly now. And, um, you know, met with many people from React 19 that I'd never, that I had yet to meet. I had just started doing this show back then and met so many of the freedom fighters that are looking to get the word out on all of this stuff. And the energy is palpable. It is really, really awesome. And getting involved, not just, uh, you know, signing up for, uh, you know, monthly, uh, payment uh, uh, donation to React 19, which we would love for you to do that as well, but also getting involved physically and actually, you know, boots on the ground, so to speak, actually working to get this message out. The energy and the payback that you get for that uh, is phenomenal. Every time I do one of these episodes, I feel so much, um, you know, empathy for the person who I'm doing the episode with. And it's, they're not always easy interviews to do. I can't stand watching people suffer uh, as we do this, but it also is incredibly motivating, makes me want to stand up and do more. And I hope that you feel that as well. And if you do feel that, um, don't uh, end this podcast and do nothing. Uh, get out there and do something. Uh, you will, uh, you'll thank yourself for it. It's a, it's a beautiful cause to fight in. 
Danielle, you're an amazing human being. I can certainly tell that you're doing amazing work, especially considering the challenges it, uh, that you have uh, post-vaccine injury. What else would you like to get out before we uh, wrap up your episode of the Dearly Discarded podcast? I, I think just like you said, it, it's such a wonderful cause and a wonderful community to become involved in and not because I am injured, but because of what we are standing for. We're standing for that ability to have medical freedom and that is where the fight is at. Um, unfortunately, I already been injured, but we can stop it from continuing to happen. Agreed. Yes, there's still work to be done. And uh, and again, I sure appreciate you doing your part. I'm going to ask you one other question before I let you go. Um, how are you doing now compared to, you know, when you were first injured? Are you making progress? Uh, are you uh, somewhat stagnant in your uh, in your health? Where are you at right now? Um, so... Uh, with the transverse myelitis, uh, one third completely recovers, one third never recovers, and one third partially recover. I would say that I'm partially recovered, but I'll never recover. Because I struggle every day. I was uh, just in the hospital last week with heart problems. So it's the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, I try to keep my spirit up and my heart where it needs to be, but um, I wish I could say that I'm improving, but I'm pretty stagnant at this point. Okay. Yeah, I, I always want to ask that question. And, uh, you know, I do believe, I, I really do believe this and I've always believed this, that there are answers out there uh, for this type of thing. And, and certainly there is a certain amount of damage that can be done that maybe can't be undone. But um, my words of encouragement would be don't stop trying and don't stop fighting. I believe that you can get better than you are um, if uh, there's anything that we can do uh, at uh, the uh, you know, dearly discarded or vitality, uh, nutrition, vitality radio, uh, we would certainly love to help you as well. 
Danielle, you're an inspirational human being. I really, really, I, I feel the spirit that you work with um, and can tell. I am never cease to be amazed, frankly, at the incredible individuals who have been struck down by this thing, um, because it seems like every time I do one of these interviews, I think, oh, my gosh, here's another amazing human being doing amazing oh. things under really, really challenging circumstances. And you certainly uh, check all the boxes in that area. And I, I greatly appreciate you taking the time and the effort to not just do my show, but to actually get up out of your house and travel around and uh, do the things that you're doing for this fight that we are all in. I greatly, greatly appreciate you and honor you for that. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for what you do because without people like yourself I couldn't get my voice out there so your support it just really means the world to me well I'm happy to do it I wish I could do more and I keep looking for ways that I can do more. Uh, it's a challenging, challenging place. We need as many bodies, as many voices, as many hands as we can get. So if you're feeling motivated to do something, please do uh, share this podcast. Uh, go to react19.org. Uh, go to Danielle's Substack. Go to her Give, Send, Go. Again, all of those links will be in the show description for you uh, wherever you're listening or watching this show. Danielle, thank you so much for your time, for your energy, uh, for your smile. I greatly, greatly appreciate that as well. And thank you for joining me on the Dearly Discarded podcast. Thank you so much. All right. So again, another wonderful, amazing uh, individual on the Dearly Discarded podcast. Uh, please go to the places that we've asked you to go. Uh, raise your voice. Um, donate. Do the things that you can do, whether it's time or money or just getting the information out there. All of that has value. Uh, please get involved. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this has been the Dearly Discarded podcast. Thank you for listening to the Dearly Discarded podcast. We encourage you to help break through the silence and share this episode with your friends and family. It's time for these stories to not only be told, but to be heard. For more information, head to react19.org and dearlydiscardedpod.com. The Dearly Discarded Podcast is produced by Jared St. Clair and Michaela Hyde with support from React 19. We'll be back next week with another true story from one who lives it. Until then, join us on Team Humanity. Keep an open mind, seek the truth, and share these stories. Most of all, open your mouth. Silence won't change anything. React 19 needs your support. We're a grassroots nonprofit created by the COVID vaccine injured for the COVID vaccine injured. React 19 provides physical support through scientific research and physician referrals, financial support to those most in need for uncovered medical expenses, and emotional support by growing a community that's focused on compassionate advocacy, hope, fellowship, and improving lives. We can only do these things with your support. 
Your donation is tax-deductible, and any amount is greatly appreciated. You can also sign up for automatic monthly donations. The vaccine injured have been marginalized, censored, and discarded, but they have not been broken. Help them rise to the challenge today. Visit react19.org for more information, or simply text the word REACT to 50155 and donate via text.